Hello. And welcome to a very special episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. My name's Helen. And I'm Alex. And today we're bringing you an episode on career paths after music college. We're excited and delighted to be joined by a good friend and colleague of ours, tenor Richard Robbins. Richard is a City Music Foundation young artist for the 2020 to 22 season. And prior to that, he was a young artist with Handel House, Leeds Leader and Oxford Leader. He's also soloed with the Southbank Symphonia and the Academy of Ancient Music. And he's currently studying with a Amanda Rucroft. But more importantly, he's hilarious and he studied at the Royal Academy of Music with our gorgeous Alex Simpson. So, Richard, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much for that lovely introduction. I feel very um, honoured and I feel like I've got to be hilarious now. <laughs> just... You should be nervous. That's what that's Imagine ideal. if you're not yeah. and you're just like, I'm just, oh. No, not funny at all, actually. I'm incredibly serious. <laughs> But yeah, today we wanted to have a little bit of a chat and a conversation about some of our experiences in terms of how we felt our time at music college prepared us for careers in the industry. And we wanted to compare and contrast some of our different stories, tales and experiences. So without further ado, I think let's get into it. Okay, so question number one, Richard. Can you give us a sense of your time at music college, please? Yeah, of course. So, well, I first of all, I went to Royal Holloway University. And when I was there, I was there for uh, three years and I was in the chapel choir. And that is what sort of really latched me on to doing more like a sort of thinking about a career afterwards in, in singing. I left that and then for a few years I worked uh, as a sort of uh, this sort of outreach thing, which was, which was then called outreach, now it's called lead, vocal leading, most of it. Um, and that was through all sorts of places, Westminster Cathedral and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I was working on my singing on the same the same time and getting into the sort of London circuit. And then I came to Music College in about 2015. Um, and actually, the way that I got into it, I was not particularly confident about my auditions at all. I got through, actually, the second round at the um, uh, Royal College. And I knew my Academy one was coming up. And at the time, I had a teacher called Phil Dogan, who was uh, also at teaching at the academy. And I uh, missed my, intentionally, my first academy audition because I was like, not ready for this, don't think I am. And then Phil found me up and said, oh, isn't your audition soon, isn't it soon? And I said, yes, it is. And <laughs> I... Then got in contact with Kevin saying, oh, uh, uh, a terrible, sorry, travel mix-up, terrible, sorry, any chance of a, another audition? And they were very good. And they said, yes. Uh, and so I went because I, the second audition, because Phil Dogan said, you should, you should, you should do it. And I did it for Phil, thinking, well, whatever happens, happens. I'll just do it and see what happens. And I did it. And possibly because I had less of a feeling of everything, this, this really matters. I got, I got, I got through. Uh, I had auditioned like the academy, I think two years, three years before. So I'd left it a few years before I tried again. Um, and so that's how I sort of anyway. That's why I came into music college at the, t- at the time. And so, I think that probably gives you a sense of what I was feeling um, before I went in. I definitely had a sense um, of imposter syndrome, which I've definitely continued with and had ever since. But 
that that the feeling of like um I welcome here. In fact, on the first day I came to the college um to to get to academy, I came up to the double doors. I couldn't walk in. I couldn't walk in. I walked away. I walked into Regent's Park for a bit and just sat on a bench and like watched the pigeons. And I was like, you can go through a pair of doors. Yeah, I got up and I walked back. I like, I'd like, take a second. I walked through the doors and be like, okay, I'll try it. See what happens. There was no sense of me of at all of what it might be like. There was no sense of what kind of thing am I expecting this to be. I had no real idea. And I thought I was going to into a building and into a space where everyone knew what they were doing. And you kind of get that sense of it with, with music colleges because they are living, breathing organisms that people come into and, and leave and, or, you know, there's constant things happening. There's, there was not a sense of like, this is, this is the start, this is how it works, this is how you're introduced to the world. Uh, I, even though I was doing music at the time and in, I was doing singing, I felt very green. Uh, so that's how it was to, to begin with. I mean, yeah, that's how it was to start. And then from that point onwards, the, the classes that was, were there, please feel free to interrupt, whatever. But then I began to sort of meet people that I thought, actually, they get this is mad as well. <laughs> this is, this is, a, this is a, a, a very special kind of institution, a very bizarre kind of place and, uh, and full of wonderful people. But the point being is that the personalities of the place saved it from the institutionalised sort of difficulties that every everyone has with these kind of places. Most of our time, Alex, was in the Conrad coffee shop, to be fair, or having lunch. Honestly, yeah, yeah. When I, when I think back at the time, at our time, yeah, it's either, yes, us gossiping, having lunch, having coffee, or us, like, gossiping during a song class, like, while other people are singing, <laughs> just, just talking loudly. We didn't even hide it towards the end. I don't know why. <laughs> Oh gosh, I just remember eating so much food at the academy canteen. The lunches that I was given, I just had, I just had like a really good relationship with the lady behind the canteen desk, and she, as a consequence, <laughs> would like pile up the crumble and <laughs> some levels of that makes people blush. Oh, I love that. And then, did you feel kind of as you went through your time at academy, because you said kind of when you entered, you had no idea how it was going to be and and how it would be like when you left. As you went through your time there, did you feel that you gained a sense of what things might look like in terms of your life after the academy or or not? maybe not so much? Uh, yes, I had an idea of what the industry sort of was like, but I never felt there was a way that, that was paid for me to be able to get there. It always, it, 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 it felt like it was something for other people to get and I wasn't to be told the secrets of that out of curiosity alex like to put that to you did you feel that way yeah you know, yeah yeah exactly mm. yeah absolutely i think i think a lot of us felt that privately but didn't maybe didn't want to say it to each other yeah because it's all it felt like a sort of a mission of like oh i am not very good <laughs> mm. <laughs> well speak for yourself but yeah <laughs> but, but that's what it that's what it comes down to it's so it's so um basic it's so simple, it's so basic, but it really was you telling yourself that you're not good enough. And, you know, yeah. comparison is the thief of joy. Um, and you can see yourselves in, in constantly uh, in those institutions of, of that sort of happening day in, day out. And people compare themselves uh, to yeah, others. Yeah, how can you not? How can it's, you not? It's too direct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if I was to put the same kind of question to you, Al, then, about your time at Academy, you know, 
did you have a sense of what life might be like for you when you left? I agree that uh, our the people surrounding us, our year group, made like made it an enjoyable experience because, well, looking at other year groups, I I definitely I was hugely glad to not be part of them and their peaks. <laughs> um, <laughs> no offense, but <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, and. I don't know, there was a sort of safety there around it. But because of that, um, it sort of had, and I, I mean this in a good and a bad way, a sort of, you know, like school feeling where, oh, we're all just like pals here um, and we can sort of mess about and have fun. Uh, and therefore, I don't know, I sort of felt that the entire year group... Had fun. Yeah, had fun and didn't didn't seem to take anything hugely seriously in the best way they thought it's it, they play they were playful i think that was that's the key isn't it is to have serious fun yes yes i also think it's quite difficult though because for quite a number of you you came straight out of university into uh or really close to straight out of university you were 21 22 23 whatever that's that's quite young to be in a position where you're like okay yeah. super serious now this is my career or, and or you know the other uh, the other side of that which is that i've been working um loosely in the industry for a few yeah, years beforehand yeah. and so you're sort of learning actually all the different parts different strands of or what it what it means to be to a, a musician and i think that some some elements of the course are really useful for to pay for afters and some things actually are, are weren't not were not useful but they weren't necessarily there things that were really helpful like a lot of the great stuff with the city music foundation which i should talk about you know later on but one of the things that is really key that they do is they have a real keen sense of the musician as the business person um uh and are just really mindful of the fact that you are a, a micro a small business and just talk about things like i don't know basically like, like programming or, or contracts or um uh, membership with ism these little things that actually are really important well, just also like general professionalism as well. Like there was, I just found like our time there, there was nothing professional about our time there at all. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that was just my fault in the way I approached it. But like nothing about it was conducive to professionalism. Like the way it was run, I thought like that's why it was like, well, I'll just have fun then, you know. The thing I took really seriously there, uh, I think all of us did, were the one-to-one lessons, the one-to-one coachings and also for me in particular the bark concerts that were going on at the, at the time mm-hmm. those were just like so fulfilling and just full of joy and oh they've just filled my soul this is a call for helen daniels to costuming once again this is a call for helen daniels to costuming the second kind of topic that we wanted to talk to you about was kind of hearing a little bit more about your professional career as a musician you know the different kinds of work that you do you briefly just touched on there the the city music foundation um you know what kind of career do you feel that you're trying to build building as we speak now and yeah what what kind of projects have you got coming up in the in the next few months i mean i've got a smorgasbord career really do it's absolutely <laughs> it's delicious i have a bit of this a bit of that i yeah. my finger in so many different pies um 
<laughs> and you said, you know, at the beginning you said I was a, a tenor and sometimes I feel that, sometimes I feel like I'm more of a conductor some weeks, some weeks I'm running like some educational workshops and I mean, for example, like the pandemic changed everything for everybody and um, I remember, you know, March 2020, I was I was in uh, Stuttgart doing some bark out there and we'd had to stop after a week, we all had to fly back home and then you just began to recalibrate and part of it was a feeling of like, Oh, the relief of it all being cancelled. But then after that faded, it was like, what am I? And what am I going to do now? And so that I think that began to... I had more serious conversations with myself of like, what actually is it what I want to go to achieve next? And what is it that I cannot live without? But in so doing, in order to get to that point, I had to earn money. And so uh, I took a... I took a job at um, a sixth form. It's the biggest sixth form in the country uh, in Farnborough. And I um, uh, run the, the choirs uh, and orchestra and big band uh, and put on concerts. And, you know, and it's it's quite a sort of hands-on practical job. And that's that's really attractive to me is being really involved in, in, in something in that way. Making and building something is really appealing. So I think with in terms of, you know, the singing stuff, which is over the last two years has been, you know, I've been ticking over with that thing. So I've been able to do a few recitals with City Music Foundation and, and, and friends and colleagues and, you know, coming up in over Easter, for example, there's more stuff that's going to happen. But I've always found myself in this sort of patchwork quilt like existence of it, of it being varied and everything. And people do ask, so, you know, when are you going to choose which way you're going to go? And it's a bit like, well, that may be the case 20, 30 years ago, but I think the case now is that you've got to be able to do everything, or at least, I think that is you've got to be able to do everything and not have any sense of shame over the variety that you have. Because actually it's the thing that I think that gives, you know, that'll give you something interesting perspective when you go and do handle, be able to go to go, well, what about this thing or this idea? How can we approach it from this angle? There'll always be something new that you can bring it, the more, you know, varied you can be. I know friends that, you know, singers who have, who have, who were, you know, just like an opera singer uh, and then decided, actually, the industry isn't for me anymore and have decided to actually, because one of them has become a policeman or, or something else. And I remember having a conversation with him and he's like saying, but you're, you're different because you have these different strands that you can call upon and create meaning from and so I sort of feel like that's that's my yeah my my strength is that I've and my fortune is that I've been able to make so much of so many different things and been given a variety of opportunities with working with old people young people art generation everybody I mean I you know it's 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 been a I feel most confident sometimes when I'm with people that are not my age. <laughs> I like, that's nice, though. I feel, you know, that's a real skill. Uh, I just, I don't know why, but I like, I love the, the gregarious joyfulness of, of kids, the, 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 the cheekiness and wisdom of the elderly. Everyone loves a dirty joke as well, don't they? When they're old people oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel at home with those people. Yeah, I think what's nice though is like you you take pride in the variety of the work that you do, and 
you know how that's something we really believe in passionately about here on this podcast we talk we i you called it like a patchwork quilt actually which i thought was a really really nice little like turn of phrase because like we were just calling it a portfolio career because <laughs> like you know having these multiple things that you do and and they all have meaning and value to you but yeah just we were saying there, you know to not have shame and it's like i i really hope and want it to be that we're moving into this time where we can have these multiple strands and I think yeah it's interesting hearing about the career that you formed and actually like Alex yours isn't that dissimilar you know you have these different strands you know you you do education work as well you you in a different way you tutor you work with children but there's there's various strings to your bow would you would you not say oh yeah and I I think it hugely helps like working with children me it really has helped me work with other singers because they're essentially children no offense all the singers listening but it's like you know sometimes you're having to you know really massage egos you're having to you know pussyfoot around them so as not to upset anything and you know working with people of like kids or older people you you learn these skills don't you Richard and it's very but also I think it's important other singers have that same playfulness of children that same like cheekiness uh, as, as well I think it's funny because you were saying about like your time at academy being a time of play and I think I sometimes think about like if we're in rehearsals or whatever they, people really encourage play mm-hmm. because they're like we need to see how far we can push this and I know there's different kinds of play and perhaps like you know some of it's less appropriate for a rehearsal than others or whatever but I think yeah like you say you know singers or artists do need to have this element of play that they can tap in and out yeah of in order to... i remember doing this handle um opera that we were doing i was alcina that we did in uh shoreditch yes yes and this great director i can't remember her name she was a hoot and she asked us all to be animals for this this for this bit and it'd be like being, being like rabbits um or like <laughs> a, what's a really obvious Warthogs, animal War, what's a really obvious animal like a dog, a cat. So um, um, I decided, right, I'm going to be an octopus and see what she thinks of this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, God. And the octopus... She, love she loved it. And the octopus stayed. But the octopus had to be ever so slightly toned down <laughs> to be a very <laughs> subtle octopus. <laughs> Just really keep it, keep it in one. Yeah, a very yeah, oh Shoreditch octopus, you know. Do you find that... The sort of patchwork nature of all your jobs, do you find that it keeps everything fresh in a way? Like each each element, each in, in your quiver of things. Yeah, it can do, as long as you don't get overwhelmed with everything going on at the same time. I think that's, mm. for, uh, for me, is the, is the case of like, okay, which brain am I engaging now? Is it this brain? Is it teacher brain? Is it receptor brain? Is it whatever? Is it, that that's, can be overwhelming, especially like when it comes to sort of singing stuff. It gets the case where you get to this, a school holiday and suddenly you're doing the more singing things because it's like, it's Easter or it's Christmas. Or something. And so then you're like, when do I stop or, or break? And should I be more conscientious about looking after oneself in those in those? Uh, moments but yes you're right it, fundamentally it gives you a freshness and i often find myself thinking oh good i'll try that with this group i'll try that with that group and often as a result like you might try an exercise you might get a little extra thing that you know from the top of it or you share something idea with a colleague and the colleague gives something back to you and you can use something else in your own work you know it's this this sense of, i think of just like constantly sharing all the time and playing mm-hmm. it's, it's, what I'm, it's kind of why i like the the, the, the career that i have 
certain level. I'm just curious because so we at the start I referred to you as a tenor and you said kind of you know oh sometimes I don't feel like a tenor I feel like a conductor I feel like this that and the other if you were to try and find a term or like you know if you know I know that's that's a difficult question I was trying to think in my head like would it be musician would it be I I, I don't know like maybe that's a more all-round term that kind of encompasses all these various uh strands that you that you do i think i think you're right i'm a musician and that's the life of a 21st century musician is this sort of um mixture of stuff that's cool do you feel the same would you would you would that you know that term does that kind of i I think that's that's definitely how i feel nowadays i i I, I think it's really hard to see yourself as just like that you know a singer yes exactly i know what you mean i i think maybe the only the only work i do education aside is in music is singing I suppose I don't conduct and things so in that sense I I think of myself more as a singer um maybe perhaps but yeah I know what you mean it's you know it does it's sort of obsolete isn't it that term yeah and and that feeling of like being kind of boxed Boxed. in in a way yeah Yeah, and actually being here at the moment that's something I'm not saying I'm being boxed but they are quite like no but what are you no, but what are you? And I'm like, oh, but I'm lots of things. You know, I, I can be this and I can be that. And like, you know, half the time I'm like, what do you want me to be? Like I can, yeah, Grace I can Kelly, be aren't all you? the things. You can be blue. <laughs> brown, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that element of, of when when people are trying to box you now, it's like, it just, it's not really very practical for a, for a working a working career to, to only be that I'm changing. Did music college help you ascertain a sense of what, you know, life as a working musician, tenor, whatever, would would kind of look like? There's something about that time, that few years, which definitely maybe took you know understand it and take it seriously. And it's it's like if it was an institution, maybe has its own failings and problems and issues, but for me in that time that certainly was helpful and I just as I said earlier like I took out of it what I thought was was the things that would do me well which was the coachings and the 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 teaching basically and there was a lot of noise other side around that but I guess if I I sort of knew what I wanted to get out of it and then as you said like you sort of made your path beyond that I guess I would have if I could have been if I was gonna make one criticism and that would be that I'm not sure necessarily the, how egalitarian or how fair necessarily um, those institutions can be to everybody who comes through their doors. And I think you've got a responsibility as an institution, if you take people on and say, we believe in you, that you help those people to mm-hmm. move through into the next place in the industry at a place where they want to get to. Or at least, if it's not saying that they it's not appropriate for them to get to, at least channel them into, into an area where they can succeed. I have a sort of different view of my time, which was that it didn't really prepare me for what life was like post-music college at all. I don't know, I felt like it's, you know, as you said before, it sort of existed alongside. So, you know, I was I was building up my tutoring work and my 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 teaching and stuff alongside and the more I tried to do that the more academy got sort of like got in the way whenever I tried to miss anything 
there was there was a real barrier there saying like no you absolutely can't miss this and it's like well sorry this is this is important to me and to be perfectly honest this opera where I have a speaking role and not even singing and I'm like I'm used as a dog's body to move chairs about I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend my time doing that that's a waste of my time isn't it uh when I do need to be pursuing these other strands of my career which I care about I don't know so in that sense it was very much like no you focus entirely on on what we do at academy and you you sort of put the blinkers onto the outside world that's how i felt a little bit i wonder if in a way because richard did work before he went you know what i mean like he did a few years got some experience had a job whereas you know alex you kind of came from uh, your lay clerkship straight into another quite institutionalized Mm, system mm -hmm. Uh, you know there are different experiences both of you bring to to your time at music college then and you've got to earn money you know, in order to, to, to go to these places and to live in London, you've got to earn a, a lot, <laughs> you know, to, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, get money yeah. to pay for rent and everything else. God, I was working out the other day that in the last 10 years, I spent over 100 grand in rent, which is just, oh, doesn't that just like, <laughs> doesn't that eat your soul More a bit? depressing thought. Everything yeah. about it uh-huh. makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Did you say that? Yeah, <laughs> how much have you spent on coffee, though? I mean, come oh, on now. 200,000. Other more important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. Oh, yeah, what, how did you find Trinity prepared you yeah. in terms of later life, Helen? Excellent question. Thanks. Um, uh, I suppose I come from a similar angle from Richard in that I worked uh, for like four, maybe five years before I went to music college. And like some of that was musical work, freelancing, ensemble singing, whatever. And then others, it was it was administration work. I went and worked in offices. It used to be like arts admin and then I moved into the charity sector. But I think having had time where you are just working and you're just like going about your job and your life, it made me think about music college and the time that I was giving to this educational process in a very, very, very different way. So I, you know, I wasn't there for fun, to be honest. And I knew what I wanted to get out of it. I knew where I wanted to be roughly in the two years, like after the 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 start of the program. And obviously it happened during the pandemic. So it wasn't ideal in terms of everything that I wanted to get out of it. However, like just to have the headspace to be like, okay, this is something you wanted to improve. You've given yourself these confines in which you can do it. And then just trying to trying to make that forward progress. But in terms of I mean, this is something we talked about before, but like just practical things in terms of like how one would be a musician and like live life so like stuff like paying taxes uh you know making invoices having a really good cv like Mm. something as basic as that like getting something where it's like this is what looks good this is what isn't blah 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 you know i i really think that's something that a conservatoire considering it's a performance-based institution i really do think they're little bits that conservatoires should be kind of taking in hand and and talking you through and and maybe some institutions do and others don't i don't know if this is true but but there's this i don't know it's like you know the the introduction of you know fees in uh, a lot of educational places and universities and rest of it yeah i think a lot of people are asking what am i getting for what i'm paying Mm -hmm. uh i think institutions need to ask the question is what are we giving uh as well 
and I think that's a, 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 a yeah a, a fair ask really. But being sort of on the other end of it, which is that I've been doing some uh, work at Junior Trinity um, recently. I can tell you nine times out of ten, it's cock up, not conspiracy, and. By which I mean, it's just like people trying to do the absolute best. And it's usually about two people trying to put on a concert, which is involved 150 kids. Or, and it's just like so many things is just going on all the time. And trying to organise that yeah. is just like herding cats. I really, I know, and I know that you're right. But I also agree with what you're saying there when it's like, I am paying all this money mm-hmm. and I've mm. really, uh, it's my money. It's not coming from anywhere else. And so if I'm giving you this, yeah, exactly like you're saying, if I'm giving you this money, like what do I get in return? Especially given like the whole pandemic thing and we lost so much and we still had to pay full fees. And and I know that that's not, you know, that's that's a, you know, countrywide situation. That's not one institution over another but it yeah you you do ask the question of like is it worth it that that is that that key for like is this worth it yeah, yeah. and it has to be the same for everybody who goes you have to get the same opportunities yeah. right that's the the thing and i agree with, uh, yeah massively on that and that's really difficult to do because of course there isn't uh, a, an opera where there, everyone's there's like 20 leads <laughs> you, that just doesn't exist so got to find one though <laughs> how do you do that how do you level the playing field I just yeah how do you you don't bring people up by bringing other people down so how do you bring everybody up it's a good question I I was very much I found it frustrating the sheer size of our year and I was like you know there's no way they could possibly yeah as you say give the opportunities to the sheer volume of sopranos here but you know we were talking and and at one point you know our head of faculty was kind of like, well, there's so many of you. And I'm like, but you, you took us. I, I, I don't understand. And, and that's not my fault. There's so many of us. <laughs> I didn't ask for that at all. And, and, you know, I, cause when, when I think about it, I'm like, surely rather than doing like one big production, could it not be like more chamber operas, one act chamber operas. And there's a way of, you know kind of condensing it and it's and it's six seven handers and there's three or four of them and i appreciate that's that's a lot of work and there Mm. aren't really the people out there to kind of you know deal with all the admin side of that but yeah i it's funny what you're saying there about um opportunities and and i knew before i went to music college that that was how it was but there's something about like when you're in it and it's happening to you that it's like doubly painful. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. It's like I knew this was going to happen, but now it's happening. It's 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 grim. It has to be the you know equality of opportunity, not the equality of outcome, because you can't guarantee everyone's going to make it at the end. You can't. And there's an element which is like, actually, this this institution uh, or the institutions like it, those who've got a certain like I don't know, broader elbows. What the expression is? Broader shoulders or. Um, you know, you know, you know, I'm trying to say can get through these, these places, or you have to learn it afterwards and be like, actually, no, what I need to get ahead is to be good at this, this, and this, and this, and seek out the things that I guess that's what Academy gave me, I suppose, is that ability to go, okay, right, so I now know that going forward, I need to do this, this, and this, this, and this, and to get to this next point. So it, it helped show the path, eliminate the path, even if it didn't necessarily mm. guide me the way. That's curious. Yeah, interesting. I suppose also, well, when, you know, we talk about like, you know, 
we we have to like give everyone the opportunities. I I totally agree, but we can also create different types of opportunities. So like we're not saying that oh like the the some singers are really good, some singers are just like terrible and shouldn't be at music college at all. It's like well, okay, maybe they're not cut out for being Cavaradossi on stage, but maybe maybe they're going to go into another line of work to do with music, like, you know, outreach and education or working with choirs or whatever. Well, one of the best-kept secrets of the Academy was the Open Academy, which was, you know, Julian West's portion of the place. Yeah. Uh, where you could do educational work. And the stuff that they did was just just so broad and so interesting and wonderful. That's how I came, in fact, to work at Farnborough, really, was because of the connection with they had with the, the, the Academy. I just went to Farnborough and thought, what is this what is this halcyon place? What is this amazing place? Um, have to get find out more here. But yeah, I, I agree. There has to be a sense of like, what if there was like, what if the music institutions weren't just music institutions, but had a, sense, a more like sense of performance. So they had like people who were in raising costumers or people who were interested in lighting. And I don't know, it's like the sense of like, then you get this artistic community and hub of people who can, I don't know, share again. And then, yeah, exactly, that people can bounce off each other as well and form collaborations with each other rather than this, like, everyone's sort of against each other for the same role sort of feel. There is, yeah, there are ways of doing it which aren't so competitive. This is a call for Alex Simpson, two wigs and makeup. Once again, this is a call for Alex Simpson, two wigs and makeup. What are things that would you say that you have discovered while working what 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 have you learned on the way that the music college didn't teach you what what are the skills that you've equipped yourself with since leaving i think uh the beauty of perception so something that my really good friend patrick terry has told me clang <laughs> uh, the gorgeous Patrick Terry. He said, "I think, I think, and this is also something that I think that um, he was told when he was in America once." And he said, "The industry wants you, but doesn't need you, and you've got to want it, but not need it." And I think that that's very nice. Gosh, um, yes, has like that. <laughs> please God um, is sort of what I've has like governed my philosophy since leaving that sense of just uh i'm going to do it the way that i want to do it rather than try and please somebody else and i'm going to explore things with people that i uh respect uh and just i don't know things tend to work out if you're lovely and nice and good people uh and especially in our industry if you want if, if you're if you're good to others people will want to work with you and so that's how I think practically, though, in a sort of nitty gritty kind of way. I think that like the City Music Foundation thing I was referring to earlier, like really good, how to program well, uh, what to ask in terms of like a, a contract, what should you be aware of? What are you willing to say yes and no to as well? I think that's a good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Bit, um, I think being judicious with, with your yeses is really sensible. And how did you, how have you found, because you mentioned, you know, you know, finding the people that you want to work with. How did you, how did you actively seek them out or, or did you sort of fall into their laps and you thought, oh gosh, this is lovely. Let's, let's do this again. Like how, how did that work well, for you? I think, you know, people like you really, 
Well, it's just it's it's just true. It's just lovely people that you want to see, and then for you trust them, and therefore I think you do your best work with people that you trust. And as a, and the great thing as well as a conductor is that I get to book sometimes, you know, my colleagues and and friends to do things with me. And it's nice because I feel like they trust me, I trust them. Isn't this lovely? <laughs> yeah. And that's, and yeah. That's, that's sort of what it should should be. <laughs> yes, it doesn't always need to be sort of, you know, kicking each other down the stairs, I suppose, does it? I mean, that is fun, but, you know, joking. Um, yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> to, to be able to work in an environment where... There's, it's not like, oh gosh, what are they going to think of me? You can just, you know, be yourself and and create, can't you? Which I think is very yeah. special. And you've clearly managed to find those areas. I think one of those areas in particular was, was working at Handel House, which I think is just, it was just an absolute joy. You, you came, I think, for a concert with us, Alex. I think you did some, I did, did, did well. we do Zephyr Torna to get, to, together? We, we did, yeah. yeah. I was very, I was a tenor. It was great. It was a, it was a, it was a scream. But, but that was sort of a place where it was just really intimate audiences. Of, you know, audiences about thirty in these places. And I felt really comfortable performing in those kind of that kind of room because it just felt like you, you could feel the audience, you could see the audience, you could take the audience somewhere with you, really clearly in the space. I don't know. It's just that was that kind of intimacy really, really appeals, uh, and that's I think that. That kind of musicianship appeals as as a result, I think. But uh, you know, within that, you've got to do things that sometimes you feel uncomfortable with and push yourself. You know, like like that first audition in, at the academy that I wasn't mm-hmm. a good place to do. And good things can come of things that you're not as you don't necessarily predict good outcomes for. How about you, Alex? If you were to name some things that kind of you feel. Music college wasn't able to teach you things that you've learned as you've you've built up your your career. I think, I mean, again, it sounds like this is perhaps because I didn't, I wasn't sort of in the world of work before going to music college. Um, yeah, something that I've come to more recently, I suppose, is time management and you know just. <laughs> Making sure. Oh, good. Let's talk about this again. Yeah, I know. Right? I'm so sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think towards the end of my time at academy, I got a right balance, and I wasn't trying. Well, I I feel like I sort of went through academy a little bit trying to please a little bit too much. So you know, I only again towards the end, at the end of my second year masters, was I starting to, you know, I I knew that. French chanson wasn't my thing. I don't. I don't actually in, enjoy listening to it that much. I wasn't very good at singing it. Um, the the it just didn't really fit my voice or anything. Yeah, I was still going to the classes regularly, and you know, essentially wasting my lessons and my and my coachings working on these chansons. Um, and what was the point? You know, I should have just noted like, nah, that's not for me. I don't need to, I don't owe anything to the academy. So sorry, I'm just going to miss that and do and and work, work on my own thing, essentially. So yeah, that's something that I learned during my time there. And especially leaving, it's like, no, no, no. Like, I really know what's important to me. And I really know what's, what's not like that, that can just like fall by the wayside. I'm quite brutal in that I sense. I think it's good though. You're listening to what you need versus like, you know, what's being mm. offered to you. And what I want as well. And you know. the academy taught you indirectly in that case. 
you know what you wanted yes yes i think i think i wish i'd come to it sooner um i wish i'd been encouraged to come to it sooner because i do feel like i was i was annoying them by doing that and i had to hide that i was doing it a little bit you know yeah that's a sort of a clarity and a, a brutality of thought which is i think yeah conducive for like good boundaries isn't it really um I guess if I was to compare, I would say I don't necessarily have that same, like, strength. Because I guess I feel like, oh, maybe I could one day be good at French song. Oh, maybe... (laughs) (laughs) No, never. (laughs) Yeah, let's be be honest. (laughs) That was was my thinking, I guess. Uh... (laughs) I know what you mean, though, especially with, like, being, you know, being a musician and you have the skill set. You're like, well, could I not? Could I not see? Could I not like turn my hand to it and see what comes of it? But I, I think I, I do understand where you're coming from, Alex. Particularly like counter repertoire, the world of counter singing. I think it really is such mm. a special, uh, you know, kind of place and and your understanding of how your voice works. I think if you have that, then you know you're able to make. I suppose what you feel a better. Who knows? Maybe in ten years' time, you'll do a total U-turn and just be only chanson. You know, who knows? This is true. Well, Wagner, some say. They do. I mean, how much can you manifest what happens next? So I've often sort of thought that my career sort of almost like happened in hindsight. I look back and think, that's what I did. And, you know, you make sort of sense of it and you make it into a biography and it it looks looks all right. And then you you think, how how much control do I have about what happens to me next? What do you think? Is that... Uh, yeah from my end like wouldn't necessarily say I have direct control because obviously you know life happens and and you can't control everything however I certainly have seen certain points that I've I have wanted to get to and I have dedicated my time and energy to trying to get to those points and places like um not like a perfect example but it's like you know I finished my master's and I was like okay well I want to do like some kind of opera program and I never imagined it would be here (laughs) in Switzerland and like that's I totally understand this bit's like not the bit I controlled but I was like I'll put in the effort and I'll put in the work to try and put myself in this position and I'm here now and and I have a rough idea of maybe where I want to be next and it might happen. It might not happen. I recognise what you're saying, but I, 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 I. It's Could a influence very... the road ahead, if not necessarily. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Build what it. about you, Al? What do you think? Well, I, I think if you have a focus, then yeah, you can drive towards it. But you need to, you need to have that focus and that idea in the first place to manifest it, right? So. I mean, there's, uh, you know, Helen, you you said you wanted a certain sort of opera program. You didn't know where it was, but you knew what you wanted, right? You weren't just like, <sighs> so I think I think there definitely has to be a point where you realize w- vaguely, you know, what at least what field it is and wh- what whether it's education still or whether it's into a company, a small, small cog in a big company or a big dog in a small company, whatever, it doesn't matter. But you've got to make that decision in the first place. And then all your decisions will impact where you end up in a year's time. Mm. I do. I do think it's quite important to have that moment, though, to to think. 
I always remember the Stephen Fry thing about the tyranny of targets and how if you have, you know, too many, like, well, I'm going to be this by this point, you're going to, like, possibly set yourself up for failure. So it's about having a sort of... Oh my God, that's me. Is no, that you, Alex? We, no. <laughs> what did we say this year? We said it was manifesting. We weren't doing targets. We were doing, like, loose manifestations, like, ideas. Gosh, good memory. It's on this podcast. <laughs> 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 she's tuned out when it's a hell and speak yeah yeah I, like, I know honestly <laughs> honestly <laughs> so dull i just take my headphone out <laughs> all cast all cast this is your five minute call repeat all cast all cast this is your five minute call well, we, we thought we'd end on a positive. Uh, so uh, what would you do differently if you were to redo music college? <laughs> keep, keep it cheery. I'm assuming I'm almost re- redoing it from my standing point now. Yeah, so I think like I with, would, with sure. that hindsight. Yeah. Don't ever think it. <laughs> I would... Okay, okay. Uh, I would be braver, for sure. I would definitely That's be braver. That's a really good one. Ooh. I would... <laughs> I would also, I would ask for more what I wanted. I would have, wouldn't mm-hmm, have felt mm-hmm, so bad mm-hmm. about, you know, taking because I was giving and having oh, it. Okay. Well, well, sorry, you can clip that if you like. <laughs> that can be the intro, can't it? <laughs> They're good. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, damn it. Helen, go on. I was to do it differently. Uh, I don't know how to... You, you put it in a really nice package. Mine isn't as easily packaged. But that thing of... I went to every single thing they put on because I thought I should. And some of it was really not necessary for me. But I felt so guilty about not going. that I just went... I sat there and I was really annoyed that I was there. And I, I think if I was to redo it again, I would have the self-knowledge and understanding that these are the God, bits you're so annoying why couldn't i have gone before you that's literally what i was going to do my Sorry. <laughs> i've written down like give no fucks <laughs> just like, do what i want <laughs> wow well, yes i mean i didn't say give no fucks but <laughs> no sorry um but but the, yes just to know like i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna do that thing like that's a waste of my time I can my time is precious I am paying to be here you know you are wasting my time on this earth by <laughs> making me listen to your nonsense and your crap um so yeah my <laughs> I would I would be much much more ruthless in that sense but keep it yeah let's keep it light well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Richard, for sharing your incredibly interesting thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to sound so How passive. It was. <laughs> How inc- thank you for your incredibly generous podcast. What a lovely time there I've had. There we go. <laughs> but no, it's nice to have this sort of discussion, I think, because I, well, perhaps I'm special in this sense, but I tend to box out parts of my life and, it, and sort of, not really talk about it at all so to 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 speak to you again and relive my time mm. around was a lot of fun so thank you richard well done thank you absolutely thank you for having me i guess just I'm also conscious that i don't want to put anybody off from applying from college music colleges because um i met so many wonderful people there and that they've helped move my career on uh, enormously uh, so you'll meet 
incredible people and you'll learn you'll learn indirectly or directly either way you'll learn Mm. oh yeah 100 percent. and like gives you an opportunity to explore a part of yourself a career that you might want to have yeah there's there's countless opportunities to be had definitely where might people be able to find you if for some reason they were mad enough to want to i don't know watch you conduct or listen to you sing funny (laughs) yeah richard robbins com. there you go and uh that's where you can keep up to date with what's going on for me and what's uh or of course you can i've got a new puppy new visitor puppy um so (laughs) you can follow me on the gram uh for to see that which is richard underscore trolley underscore robbins uh to see my puppy so we are sad to say that this episode with Trolley is going to be the last episode in series two of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room. Thank you so much to everybody that has been involved in this fantastic series, in particular our special guests, the incredible Hetty Gallifer, the fantastic Sam Cobb, and the episode that you've just heard with the wonderful Richard Robbins. Keep getting in touch. Please, please, please let us know your favorite episodes. We've so enjoyed all the emails all the tweets all the all the facebook messages etc getting involved keeping keeping us going so please keep them coming thanks so much for coming on this journey with us we are so so happy to be growing and developing a community of classical artists and musicians that are being more open and talking about their life career and experiences we've already got some super exciting plans for series three so keep your eyes and ears peeled new content will be on its way and in the meantime we have got a few little special extra episodes and sending you guys loads of love. Bye. Bye.